Let's go. Welcome back to the Founding Fellows Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Zach Rainsford, and this is Braden Hyde, my co-host. How's it going, Braden? I'm buzzing after that game. Uh, clearly, you are too. Yeah, I'm buzzing. <laughs> it might be because of the game, might be because of the Pink Whitney. Uh, shout out New Amsterdam Vodka. But ladies and gentlemen, we've got a special guest on today. One of my best friends, Brady Anderson. He is a two-time Cherry Cup champion. For those of you that don't know what that is, it is the, uh, what is it, Brady? Junior B. Yeah, GOJHL. Junior B, I guess, championship. Midwestern Conference. Um, yeah. And a Sutherland Cup as well, which is all of Ontario for uh, Junior B. Yeah, provincial, yeah. So he's got a pretty decent hockey uh, resume. Not a lot better than... deal. <laughs> How are you? I mean, he's no U Windsor uh, intramural champion. So that yeah. leaves, he's kind of got a couple uh, blank spots on the resume there, but... I mean, he can hold his own, and he's joined us today for the World Juniors reaction. So we're going to talk about that uh, absolute thumping that Team Canada just put on a Germany. And honestly, I feel bad. Braden, what are your initial reactions to that uh, that German game there? Yeah, I was really hyped out, out the get-go because Caden and Gooley Habs prospects scored at the beginning of the game. <clears throat> and I found myself cheering with my dad. And then, you know, come the second period, I feel like an absolute moron for cheering for the goals. <laughs> And I just started to feel remorse and I honestly felt bad. I couldn't even watch half of the third period because it was just a massacre. It was a slaughter and uh, there was no mercy. I understand it because you got to get the boys, you know, grooving on, on, on the same wavelength, especially going into harder games. But it was it was fucking hard to watch man at times. And Cousins, you know, nice hat trick. Uh, I was really impressed by Tomasino. I, I called it in the, in the pre-tournament shit. I don't you like did, to pat myself did. on the back too early because it was against I'll Germany. But uh yeah, it was a good good showing, but uh, it's unfortunate that they had to, you know, just keep going the way they did. But I understand why. Yeah, the uh, tipping point for me where I kind of stopped uh, being like, "Oh yeah, sick goal," was uh, the second goal. I'm a goaltender, and then that guy, the German goalie, <laughs> played the first period there. When he gave up that goal behind the net, I was just like, "That that sucks." Like that's it's got to be demoralizing. Like he's played last night in the doubleheader. His last name is Tief. Tifensi, uh, he played last night against the Finns, faced 50 shots and uh, only allowed five goals. So he had a 900 save percentage, which is pretty good. But tonight he was pulled after the first period where he allowed four goals on seven shots. Brady, what do you think of the goaltending tonight? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely not the best for the Germans. Um, the other end of the ice was pretty good, I guess, for Canada, but not much testing there. Um, I don't know. Germany, they got 14 players. Coming off of back back to back games against Finland, there, that, that's going to be that was a tough game for them to come into. Uh, I don't think they had much hope all around. They were pretty gassed. I mean, Canada had more goals than they had shots. So that's that kind of yeah. tells the story there. But well, Braden, anybody? Quickly, well, quickly on the goaltending front, it was actually funny. Both of the the German goalies, so Gar and uh, TFNC. Uh, pronounced that it both had a six three six eight percentage so just abysmal for both of them and you got to just feel bad i felt bad for gar when he was in the net he just goal after goal he looked demoralized but uh what were you gonna especially ask especially to start the third period there he let in five straight uh, yeah. shots to start i was like man just yeah. make a save try and find some rhythm for the rest of the tournament like the the germans like we talked about it a couple episodes ago they just had an unfair start to the tournament and then they had their mm -hmm. COVID issues as well where they're playing with nine forwards and five D like that's a minor hockey league or like yep. university intramural roster. Like that's not, that's not something you put together for the world juniors. So they were fighting from the get go. And what was I going to ask you? I completely forget. 
Well, um, it's all right. I, I got some points I actually wanted to make. I think you're yeah, going to ask it. me some other takeaways from the game. So obviously I mentioned Cousins. He had six points. So good showing, obviously, against Germany. Not a big deal. But the thing that the stats won't tell you is how uh, Levi played. He actually played I – th- I thought he looked – you know, really well, or really good rather than the net. I thought he played really well and he made some good saves that you won't see on the stat sheet. I think it was, was it a couple in the first that were actually big key saves that weren't going to swing the game necessarily, but would have been had it a bit closer at the beginning. And he just, his composure impressed me. I don't get to see him much. He plays, he plays for Northeastern, right? Yeah. Interestingly enough, Brady, you want to take, you want to share that stat that you shared with me at the start of the first there? Oh yeah. Um, He's got no major junior NCAA experience at all. So I think Jeez. he, they're talking about it on TSN. He went, grew up out East, came to Ontario, played minor hockey in Ontario, went to prep school, then to the BCHL. And then back to last year, he played in Carleton Place and took them. He's a CJHL MVP. Um, CCHL or, or CJHL? CJ, all Canadian junior hockey. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, he took that World Junior A Challenge. I don't know how much you guys watch it. I like watching that. It's good hockey, too. He took the Can- Canadian team. They were by far underdogs in that tournament. Went to the gold medal game. Lost to Russia there, but he was the MVP of that tournament, too. Um, yeah, definitely a good story. Probably the good feel-good story of the tournament, I would say. Yeah, and he's only a seventh-round pick for Florida. Like, Florida's got the these pipeline going, but... I think he's actually going to be great. Uh, even I, I know it's the first game, but uh, even looking at his accolades in minor hockey, I think he's got a bright future. Yeah, he looks really uh, calm and collected in the net there. I mean, if you've got six first-round picks playing defense in front of you, I mean, that's yeah. not too <laughs> not too hard to be calm, cool, and collected there. But let's so talk about me, the one goal you, that he – Yeah, I was going to say – <laughs> no, we're, we're mumbling here. We're, we're battling for the mic. <laughs> Maybe there's yeah. a bit of a leg here at the Wi-Fi, but no, go on, go on. Yeah, I was just going to talk about the one goal that Levi did let in. It got tipped in the net there. Byram actually tipped it. And uh, Byram, he had two big turnovers in the first, and I made a couple notes here that he didn't really impress me in the first period. But then he had a no-look pass to Peyton Krebs in the second, and he really stepped his game up, and he really lived up to the expectations that I was kind of looking for there. That first goal that Levi lets in, Byram's just got to let him take that shot. Like, There's no traffic in front of the net. The only traffic's Byram's stick, and it, it deflects foot away from uh, the initial shot and just completely changes the uh, trajectory this is gonna be a tough one brady you want to hop in here trajectory that's well done that's really (laughs) well done that's why we've got him on folks so i mean yeah that's that's tough but yeah so uh interesting point actually we're talking about the first goal Uh, john jason peterka hell of a name second round pick to buffalo (laughs) he was probably the only bright point in the entire German team. I didn't actually see the last goal. You were watching the game, uh, the last power play goal. I don't know who scored it. Who scored that second goal? Uh, Florian Elias, or Elias, how you want to pronounce it. Was it a nice goal, the last one? I mean, it was 18.3 seconds left in the third period. It was just wrapping up the end of the game. I mean, yeah. to be completely honest, about halfway through the third, we uh, started playing some blackjack, so yeah. not exactly sure. <laughs> great we saw analyst, the replay. Analyst on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, w- I wanted to bolster our gambling uh, section, so just wanted to get some experience there. <laughs> but Byron, Byron's, you know, tipping that, and that was one of the things that you know, obviously brought me to that first goal. And as you mentioned, that's a goalie's nightmare, and that's the first thing I thought. I actually thought of you recording tonight. You're a goalie, um, and I was like, oh man, like goalies hate when they put the sticks in the way because it was a nice shot. Like I'll give it to him, but it wasn't going in. 
no, it was going trajectory. There we go. <laughs> All right, yeah, the trajectory of the <laughs> shot was. I mean, it was right into the guy's bread basket and Levi's yeah. stomach. Like that shot wasn't going in until Byron got his stick in the lane. There, there was nobody else anywhere near for even a rebound opportunity. At that point, you've got a goalie that's really good. You got to shut out against Russia in the uh, pre-tournament game. You just got to let him mm-hmm. see that shot. Let him make the save. That's a save he's going to make. Yeah, ninety-nine times out of a hundred. So. Got to trust your goalie on that one a bit more, I think. Go along with that. I don't know. When we played, it was always when that guy gets the puck there on the dot, the defenseman always tries to take far side away, leave only the short side shot for him and get the stick in the lane if you can. But you got to be able to, you got to be sure you're going to disrupt the play and not, well, cause well, a goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brady, who impressed you on uh, Team Canada? Give me like maybe one guy up front, one guy in the back end. <laughs> well, it's obviously hard not to say cousins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, Mercer, I like him. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of a Swiss Army knife for Team Canada this year. He can play up and down their lineup, play top six minutes, PK, play on the power play if you need to. Um, I think he's going to be good for them. I know he was slated as a 13th forward, but I think you'll see him somewhere in the top nine for sure, playing top nine minutes before the end of the tournament. And then who do you got in the back end? Obviously, Bowen Byram, I think. Caden Gooley, uh, great answer. No Habs prospect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Braden's a Habs fan if you haven't realized yeah. that yet. I picked up on that. No, I like I like Byram. Like he can skate. He had a he had a tough first period, but once he settled mm-hmm. in, I think he showed his he's gonna be the anchor back there for Team Canada and his partner, Drysdale. That'll be the best pairing in the tournament later. Yeah. Mobile yeah. and definitely can move the puck. Yeah, and he like one, yeah, as he said, once he got his composure, just even some of the little intricate plays he he made in his own end on breakouts, like holding the puck, waiting it out, waiting the German players out, little passes here and there. He like I think he's gonna settle for the next game for sure. Yeah. Did you guys see that one face off play Canada ran? Uh back to Byram and I for, I forget who it was. It might have been Perfetti. Just slid up right underneath him, four feet. Yeah, they basically took the forwards, except for Perfetti, pushed them towards the net, which drew the basically Germany back towards crashing into the net and gave Perfetti and uh, Byram time and space to work. There. Yeah, they just worked the two-on-one. It's a good play. I think we'll see him do that a fair bit off that side, let him make that little play. Well, do you guys know anything about uh, the Canadian coach? What's his name even? It's slipping. Um, Turgny? Or I don't know how yeah, to say it. Yeah, some French name. I think he coaches the 67s. Is that right? Yeah. Do you, do you know anything in, about him? He's been an assistant coach the past two years, I think, for the World Juniors. Okay. Um, I don't know a whole lot besides that, though. Um, coached a good team in Ottawa last year. Um, they were poised for a deep run before everything kind of hit the fan there, but seems to be doing a good job. As far as coaching goes, the uh, the best coach in the tournament, 100% Russia's coach. Igor Larionov, Hockey yeah. Hall of Famer. <laughs> he did a phenomenal job of coaching Russia in their first two mm-hmm. games. Like Just a difference that he makes on the bench there from – from the last guy, I'm going to keep talking about Lariana, but I'll pull up that guy's name. Uh, it, it's just insane. He's definitely way more of a player's coach. Even just an example of that. When the period ended, he's given his players fist bumps. I don't think I've ever seen that from a Russian coach. He just looks like somebody that you want to play for. His nickname is a professor. He's one of the smartest hockey players to ever play the game. Won multiple Stanley Cups with the Red Wings. I think they've got the the coach of the tournament. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually scared of, of Team Russia. I think they've got the juice, and I'm not talking about Russian gas. I'm talking just <laughs> the, I think they got depth that uh, kind of goes unnoticed with a lot of players playing out in Russia and, and parts of Europe. So, no, I'm definitely 
not looking forward to them, but I am looking forward to Team Slovakia tomorrow because I think it's going to be another shit kick and not not this not to this degree or this extent, but I think it'll. I say six one Canada, maybe six two. What time is that game at? Do you have it there in front of you? Uh, six p.m. Eastern. Six p.m. Should be awake by then. We'll be watching that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the slate tomorrow we got Finland and Switzerland. Finland's got to take that one. Canada, Slovakia. Canada's going to take that. Czech and Czech Republic and Russia. We're going to see Russia take that one. I would imagine. Yeah, no, I think it's pretty clean cut and dry tomorrow. When when do the Americans play next? I guess they're off till where are they? They play uh, Tuesday the 29th next against the Czech oh. Republic. So it's going to be interesting to see who goes who goes in net for them. Yeah, well, they, yeah. they actually play tonight against uh, Austria, but we're going to be this podcast isn't going to go live until tomorrow, so which is the 27th. What was the score of the game yesterday with them and Russia? 5-3. There we go. 5-3 with an empty netter, <laughs> yeah. Russia looked dominant. They looked real good. Askarov looked just as good as I was expecting him to to play. He let in a weak one in the first couple of minutes of the game, but for the most part, he's going to be an absolute rock for Russia. Oh, it's good. And I look uh, – is there anything else you want to touch on from the game tonight? Because we're going to, to do continued coverage of the world championship. Uh, anything else you want to add, Brady? Not a whole lot. If you're a Colorado Avalanche fan, um, I think you're going to be pretty happy after seeing Team Canada this year. A couple of prospects there and back end they got, but that's another topic. Um, looks good for Canada, I think. Should be should be a good tournament. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Brady. Appreciate uh, having your insight here. Guy that's actually accomplished some things with hockey other than other than the U Windsor Intramural Championship, which I think <laughs> might carry a kind of just a higher you know, ranking there than the, the chair Higher level of prestige for sure, especially in yeah. Ontario, but it's not a big yeah. deal. So tough, it's, tough to compete with that one, <laughs> but thanks not for everybody on accomplishes on. it. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Thanks. Brady. All right. See you later. So I want to keep rolling. You know, I was a great guest, good energy, good vibes. I feel like we're a bit discombobulated. You obviously have been drinking a bit. I've been sleeping half the day. I'm a little bit discombobulated. I'm a little bit out of it, but I, I feel like, you know, Brady actually helped us stay on track and I feel like we can roll right into this next story, but waiting to talk about this could be a little bit old news because we set up the structure to do it after the world junior uh, Canada game today. But Camilo Alvarez, have you heard of him? Boxer. Yeah. One of the best right now calls out the Paul brothers said they're disrespecting the sport of boxing and only care about the money. Now, Logan fired back aggressively, I believe he did say, to suck him off in a more explicit terms. Um, what do you feel about it? I mean, my perspective, we've talked about these Paul brothers way too much. Too but, much. Uh, yeah, I mean, which means they're doing something good, though. I got to give them yep. props for that. We're yep. talking about them, so what they're doing is effective. Uh, Logan Paul, I mean, and I guess Jake Paul as well. The fact that these guys are boxing, I honestly don't think it's for the money these guys have so much money they've get hundreds of thousands of dollars for a sponsored instagram post like they don't really care about the money i think they're doing it just to kind of prove themselves to be more than just content guys like they want to actually compete and uh, i think because of the different approach that they've taken to entering this sport they kind of didn't have to work their way up that's making guys like alvarez a little bit upset because alvarez has had to grind out right yep, to get to the exactly. point where he's at whereas logan and jake paul are just kind of stepping in there so yeah i don't think they're doing it for the money at all i think maybe they're doing it for maybe a little bit of clout mm -hmm. but i don't think the money's playing a factor for those guys they've got enough of it as is and they've got so many resources to make money they don't need to get their face yeah. punched in to do it yeah exactly like it's it's just 
going back to the cloud, it's just another way to grow their brand, right? And like for them, it's all about staying relevant. Um, so who knows uh, what the true motive is behind it. I'm assuming that you're on the right track and it's more about staying relevant and, and the cloud than it is the money, right? Because at the end of the day, they can post a YouTube video, uh, promote merch and they've got money. But uh, I, I noticed that you added a note um, when we were talking about it. I actually haven't heard this news. You said former UFC welterweight Ben Askren wants to fight Jake Paul in March 2021. Now, has that been confirmed? That's or is scheduled. That it's scheduled. That's, that's scheduled, yeah. And you know, the thing with that, um, so Jake Paul called out Conor McGregor. Yeah. And he got a UFC fighter, Ben Askren. And now uh, Ben is going to take on Jake in a boxing match, which is, for those of you that don't know, UFC and boxing, I mean, you think they're similar. They're combat sports, right? But there's really not much as far as similarities go between the two. They're completely different. So it's going to be interesting to see how Ben does against Jake Paul. I think that he's going to be the toughest competition Jake Paul's going to have faced as of yet. But now, do you think it's a stepping stone? He's going to, he wins this fight. He's like, hey, McGregor, I've beaten someone that you've beaten. Step in the ring with me. Let's go. Yeah, and I, I think that's definitely the natural progression there. But I'd like to see Jake Paul fight these UFC guys under UFC terms and rules. I think that would be oh, kind of interesting. Slapped, and, I think, in the UFC, right? Oh, 100%, 100%, which is why I want to see it. Yeah. I think that <laughs> you get some kind of honest, like, this guy's not fighting boxers. So what's the point of it? Like, I'd love to see him fight a boxer and see how he does. Yeah, no, no, seriously. It's, um, it, it's, it's certainly strange, so to speak, in sports, seeing a, a a match like this. And I know Dana White's been one of the biggest combatants, so to speak, of of this happening. And he's kind of spoken out blatantly and said that McGregor will never fight Paul, uh, Jake Paul. But you look at this, and I see this as a as a path to fight McGregor. Honestly, I think if he wins this fight, McGregor might pick up that phone. I know we just said it's not about money to these guys, but these small fights against like Ben Askren and like guys like that, that's nothing. A Jake yeah. Paul versus Conor McGregor will be one of the top three fights of the last 10, 20 decades as far as pay-per-view sales goes and as far as like overall total revenue goes. Uh, I'd probably put it up there with uh, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And then uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. I think those were probably kind of would complete the, the top three there. Like that'd be a huge money fight, but... Yeah, I don't yeah, know. no, definitely one of the biggest in the last 10, 20 years. But speaking of big money, um, I wanted to touch on a little big, uh, or a little big, a big thing that happened in in European politics. The EU Brexit deal was finalized. Now, um, just to kind of go into some of the details, the agreement will allow for tariff and quota-free trade in goods after December 31st, but won't apply to the services industry, about 80% of the UK economy or the financial services sector. Now, are you familiar with ending with the Brexit I actually have followed it a little bit. You're definitely going to be more well-versed as far as Brexit goes. But interesting little fact here. My dad was actually born in the United Kingdom. So he's got the right to the British passport. And then through that, I actually do as well. Mm-hmm. So you have yours, uh, your passport? I don't right now. It's definitely something that I want to get before. Yeah, my cousins just did that actually in the, in the summer because they're my grandfather, or they're technically my, my half-uncles, but... Uh, they're around our age and they did the same thing there. My grandfather's born in Scotland and they capitalized on that. He's got a UK Scottish passport. You should definitely yeah, do it. 
Yeah, I'm going to definitely. I mean, growing up, my dream was to fly for British Airways, and this would have helped me accomplish that. Uh, but these guys are now leaving the EU, so it kind of limits what I'm going to get out of that British passport. Yeah, so I mean, maybe even yeah. thinking U- US passport might be better for you, in all honesty, right? Yeah, uh, options. Who knows? But yeah, what, what do you think of Brexit? Well, I'll give you like a little, uh, a little chunk of what was said by one of the politicians. I'm not sure if this was Boris or not. I, I took it. Uh, I, was, I was reading a plethora of articles, so it kind of got thrown around here. But this will essentially give you the premises to the big reason that a lot of these people are or want Brexit or wanted Brexit. So we have taken back control of our money, borders, laws, trade, and our fishing waters. This The deal is fantastic news for families and businesses in every port of the UK. We have signed the first free trade agreement based on zero tariffs and zero quotas that has ever been achieved. So essentially, um, and speaking to some people that I actually had the pleasure of spending time with when I was in France that are from the UK, it seems to be centered around, you know, open borders and not having full control of, you know, who's in the country, so to speak, who's working there, uh, some of the laws and regulation, because being part of the EU, yes, they've had their own currency, but there's also stipulations pertaining to, control over currency and trade and uh, protecting, you know, domestic businesses and, and consumers uh, because the EU is very, very complicated and intricate. You have so many moving parts and so many moving pieces and you have a, an EU governing body as well as governing bodies in each country that is operates within the EU. So it's very intricate, uh, very complicated. So essentially the premise is to give back the UK more control. And now they're talking about, you know, zero tariffs and zero quotas trade trade deal, essentially, trying to keep it relatively the same while instilling that protectionism that um, they want. So that's pretty much the premise. Um, I was reading comments about it. Funniest comment I probably saw was, you know, Boris Johnson. I, I saw someone call to make the, the day the deal was signed a St. Boris day. That's probably the funniest thing I saw, but you know, if there's anything else you want to add to it, um, go ahead. But that's pretty much the premise. I kind of just wanted to, to do a little spiel on it for the podcast just so people were aware. I mean, I think that's a great review. I saw in our notes the uh, comment for St. Boris Day. Yeah. I was like, there, there's no way this guy, this is actually happening. Like there's, I yeah. thought you were saying that <laughs> Boris Johnson was uh, implementing or like oh. suggesting that there be a St. Boris Day. you imagine he gets consecrated as a saint? Oh, yeah, it's insane how long this deal's taken to go through. It's been what, about four years since yeah, the yeah. initial vote? Yeah, 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 it's been four years. So it's- That's, uh, that's insane. But, you know- Kind of hopping back to sports. I'm, we're on the hockey train. I'm I'm still buzzing after Canada. You know, shit pump Germany. But we're we're talking NHL news. The schedule was released. No Canadian teams will play U.S. teams in the regular season. Um, and the season's kicked off with Habs Leafs January 13th. What are your thoughts? This season is going to be a bloodbath in Canada for at least the first five to six games. And then I wonder if it's actually going to maybe even get a little bit stale. Like you've got yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got Toronto, the Maple Leafs, and the Montreal Canadiens playing each other nine times in a pretty condensed period. Like, it's not over a regular 82-game season. It's a 56-game season, right? And they're playing Mm -hmm. each other nine times. There's definitely going to be some great moments, and it's going to be phenomenal for hockey fans. I wonder how long those great moments are going to last for and how great it's going to be. I wonder if it's going to get dry. And I, I'm not saying I think it's going to. I'm just wondering if it's going to. I'm, I'm really excited to watch and see how this season kind of unfolds. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I don't think we'll see any fans in the in the 
um, it's pretty much, I'm a 99% sure we won't see any fans in the stands for, for Canadian teams, but I do believe down in the States, they'll probably have fans, uh, which will obviously add to the atmosphere. But as you said, possibility of it getting dry, especially in Canada with no fans playing each other all the time, it's going to kind of go one of two ways, right? We're going to get really bored of it. And it's kind of going to be like, okay, viewership's going to be down. Or it's going to be like, I hate you even more. And I'm yeah. going to get alienated from our friend group and no one's going to talk to me. Like they already <laughs> shit on me for being a Habs fan, but it's just going to get to the point where we just hate each other so much. Like I already know, shout out reader. Uh, I already hate the Sens and he's going to be blabbering <laughs> about the Sens. You know, the Sens will probably win the fucking, they'll be last place when eight games and he'll be like <laughs> one of the three of those games will be against the Habs knowing my luck. And he'll just be blabbering about it. Eh? And like those, those are the instances where it's like, well, am I going to just want to you know, shun this guy, not talk to him ever again, because I'm just so pissed off. I have no idea. I certainly hope the boys don't uh, alienate me, but yeah, we'll see, I guess. Hey, we'll keep you around. I mean, I will at least, cause if I don't, I need a new podcast host. So yes. <laughs> I'm definitely invested in you. Um, as far as the senators go this year, they did some, they did good work drafting. I'll, I'll give them props for that. That's about where I'm going to limit the uh, kind of congratulations I give them. They don't have anything to look forward to this year other than watching their prospects develop. There's mm-hmm. still so many question marks with that team as far as how they're actually going to get to a level where they can compete. And I think it's just going to be a matter of time for them, but I yeah. wanted to talk to you about a, a couple of signings. So, and actually an injury. I'm going to prelude that with an injury. Uh, Nikita Kucherov is expected to miss the majority of the season. For those of you that don't know, Nikita Kucherov, uh, two years ago, I believe, won the NHL points race. So he was mm-hmm. essentially the most effective forward in the NHL. And uh, he plays for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So he's going to miss the entire season, which is actually maybe honestly a blessing in disguise for Tampa Bay. Absolutely, you want one of the best players in the league playing for you but they were in salary cap trouble and it allowed them to sign Anthony Sorelli, who really has impressed in the past season, two seasons kind of come up from a guy who's expected to be, you know, pretty decent to a guy who is really, really good at hockey. Uh, the lightning were able to sign him to a three year, $14.4 million deal. Any take on, uh, on that being the identical contract to Mikhail Sergachev as well. What do you think about that? Uh, I feel kind of bad, first off, about Kucherov. I don't really like him. I'm not big on Ruskies. I like Kolchuk, and I like – well, he, actually, Kolchuk's going back to the KHL. We should probably talk about that in a second, yeah, too. Yeah, two-year uh, deal. But I like Ovi. I'm not big on Ruskies. Don't really like Kucherov, and I hate Tampa Bay. So I'm not too – I don't feel too bad for him, obviously, with such a stacked lineup. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of people you know, not being signed yet, Mike Hoffman. That's insane. Surprise, sur- surprise but – it's, you know what, he could have a deal right now in place and we not even know about it, right? Could be, you know, let give us some time to get our you know bearings about us. I don't even know if I use that expression correctly. I'm tired. Um, and we will move a few pieces and you'll be able to, you know, sign with us. I'm not sure what he's planning on doing, but who knows? Who knows? I'm not a GM. I'm happy that uh, the Habs just signed for a leak. Uh, I don't know if you, you caught that. Uh, I think a one-year 750k deal. Yeah, he's you know he's a good bottom bottom six guy, and you know with that the uh, taxi model they have with the you know standing or sitting rather AHL players ready to play, and there's bound to be a lot of injuries in such a condensed uh, season. Mm-hmm. I think it's really smart to have him, and he's got a veteran presence. But 
What do you think of it? That is a, that's a prime example of a low risk deal. Like that guy, what is he making? 750,000? Yeah, one year. Yeah, one year, 750,000. And he's going to be able to come in and fill holes in the bottom of the lineup for you. He's going to come in and he, regardless of whether he plays every night or not, you know, you've got a reliable guy either in the press box or for when injuries yep. do occur or on the ice for you. He's proven himself over his career. And that's that's a great signing by the yep. Montreal Canadiens. And, and speaking of holes. Uh, you know, don't get too dirty here. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you I, going with this? <laughs> I, I think I just, you know, a couple of people weren't, they were kind of listening in the background. They perked up. They said, Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, no, speaking of holes, I should say on the ice, the OHL has been delayed, right? Due to lockdown, supposed to report to teams early January. Training camps begin mid Jan, season begins February 4th. Now, I know they've put that down on paper, probably still tentative. Just got word tonight that the new strand of coronavirus has entered Ontario. Uh, obviously it was here before. And we kind of talked about in the last episode, trying to close flights to keep the strand out, which didn't make any sense. Cause obviously it's probably been here for ages and we're just behind the ball. Um, but apparently it's 70% more contagious, but less uh, harmful to the body. And um, so that's, that's a good sign, right? You know, it's kind of almost kind of makes you, you wonder, you know, should we just, you know, kind of take it easy on the lockdowns, get these people this lesser version of coronavirus, build those antibodies and get rolling. But who knows what's going to happen with the OHL kind of tying it back. Who knows what's going to happen? Cases are probably going to get even worse by February with this, this new type of strand. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Do you think it's actually going to, going to start? What, what would you put the odds are and then it starts February 4th? I think they already pushed back the, uh, the start. I think they planned on having guys report to camp, like you said, at the start of January, sometime in the first couple of weeks, like week or two there, and then training camp to start midway through. But they're not able to do that with the current lockdown restrictions. So, yeah, I think they pushed it back already. And honestly, I would be surprised at this point if we see an OHL season. I I'm, I hope we do for the the players in the league, yeah, the staff yeah. that rely on that, you know, that income. I don't know what the the and background that platform, is. Platform, right? To even even got guys that go undrafted and they're in their first year of eligibility, and they put on a performance and they really want it and they yep. and they train. And you're taking that away from these guys. Some guys are going to be you know, overagers, and they're it's their last chance to maybe train like they've never trained before. And you're not going to give them an opportunity to prove themselves. Um, it's unfortunate, right? You can kind of find those unfortunate uh, circumstances anywhere during COVID, but it just oh, absolutely it, it kind of sucks. But you know, speaking of quarantine, um, did you uh, you catch the Bachelorette? finale bachelorette finale there i personally did not catch the bachelorette finale uh but i did get a short recap i heard about zach i think he i don't know if the proper term is one the bachelor uh, we'll, we'll say he won because you know what i think she's a oh a she's a prize fantastic woman yeah. So yeah exactly she's a prize she's a prize but uh yeah, no it was so. an up and down season and why i kind of talked about the quarantine because i these guys had to quarantine for 14 days in this resort and then they're quarantined in the resort the entire time. So kind of usually how the bachelorette and the, and the bachelor works is you, so the, for the first X amount of weeks, you're all in this mansion that they, they always use in somewhere in California, I believe, or actually it might be Florida. And from there, they, they narrow it down, narrow it down. And then by the fifth week or whatever it is, they actually travel the world. He picks these locations or she picks these locations. They get to travel and experience the world together and all this stuff. But they've been quarantined in this, in this bubble at this resort in, in California for months. So you got to think about it, right? Like I almost feel like the feelings may have been intensified this time around because you have all these guys 
and all they're seeing is one woman months <laughs> at a time because that's how the premise of the show kind of works you only see one woman essentially you're only hanging out with one woman and talking to one woman so you kind of build that affection a bit quicker right but imagine in a bubble it's like you're just literally that's the only girl you're seeing for months you're in quarantine this is just the one girl right can you imagine i mean i'd fall in love too yeah so how exactly. long uh do you know offhand how long a season takes to record the bachelor or bachelorette because i've always wondered how these guys and these these women i think it's two months i think it's two, two months. months and i'm gonna say my famous thing my new famous line don't quote me put that on a t-shirt <laughs> um yeah but don't quote me i'm ballparking i, I want to say uh two months I mean, that seems like a reasonable timeline. The one yeah. thing that I really wonder about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like these guys and these women, depending on the season, are professing their love to each other after like episode three. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's what, what's their middle name? You don't even know their middle name. Oh, and you're saying you like love them and stuff. The, the show kind of makes me cringe a little bit, but it's oh, it definitely does. Definitely does at time. But the thing is, it's this season really pissed me off, actually, because there's a lot of hypocrisies. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves. This season, you had the guys get naked probably three times on dates. I'm talking full on naked on national TV, right? Can you imagine the repercussions if the show did that for the woman when the guy was the, you know, the bachelor and they're like, okay, get naked and play sports or you know, get naked and put these pasties on your breasts so they fully can't see your nipples. Can you imagine? They got, they made their contestants yeah. here, yeah. like some of the people on the show get naked. Yeah, for like I, almost challenges? Stopped, I almost stopped watching the whole season because I was like, it's just the double standard kind of disgusts me. And even the preview for the bachelor, they have this guy with his shirt off in the shower and shit, like naked trying to, you know, tease all these women to watch the show. I understand the demographic, right. And you're catering to the demographic that's primarily and predominantly female, but at the same time, the hypocrisy drives me nuts, man. If they did that with women, it would be cancel culture. One-on-one they'd be gone. That's it's very surprising to me that they're able to do stuff like that on uh on national TV. It's, you know what? I actually have a quote here. Okay. I would just, I just Google this. Cause you actually, <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say that. And it kind of blew me away here. So this was by rising bachelorette favorite Ivan Hall. Don't know who that is. I assume he was on the most recent. Uh, yeah. He was uh, he finished season third. If it were calling it a competition, he finished third. Okay. So he was quoted saying, this is madness. Rising bachelorette favorite Ivan Hall mutters during Tuesday nights, week eight group date. I don't really want to have to be naked on national TV. Yeah. So I'm not going to read any more of this article, but that seems like a perfectly reasonable request. And I think if they're, I understand the, the ideology that sex sells and absolutely yeah. it does, but it, there's just some stuff with it. I mean, I don't want to see that on national TV. No. I don't want to see a naked woman on national TV either. At the end of the day, it's degrading in a sense, you know? Yeah. We're close. Like yeah. Yeah. it's not too it's, difficult uh, of a concept. It kind of, you know, just flows into that mainstream media topic of objectifying, right? And a lot of the time it's objectifying women. And I agree with that. That happens way too much in media and in film, but it doesn't make it okay to do the opposite. Yeah. That's about it for the bachelor. I kind of just wanted to give the ladies that listen to the podcast, maybe a couple of fellow guys <laughs> that, that watch it a little, a uh, little something to ponder. But, you know, speaking of things I've been, I've been, I've been pondering is how good is Charlie Woods going to be at golf? Oh, wow. Okay. So for those of you that aren't listening right now, Charlie Woods, you might recognize that last name for you golfers out there. Uh, Tiger Woods. Uh, have you heard of him? 
definitely, in my opinion, the greatest golfer to ever play the game. His son, Charlie Woods, is, I believe, 11 years old. And a couple of weekends ago now, I think last weekend, was the PNC Championship. It's a two-day father-son PGA tournament. And Charlie and Tiger Woods essentially stole the show. And by Charlie and Tiger Woods, I mean Charlie Woods stole the show. Charlie hit a five-wood from 175 yards. He drew the shot around a tree. So he basically, for those of you that don't know golf terms, curved the ball around the tree for a tap-in eagle, which is net two under par, which is absolutely insane for an 11-year-old to be doing. I couldn't make that shot if I swung that club 50 times. Like that's an incredible shot and it leads into numbers here. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to run through this quote here. Charlie Woods betting odds. It's insane what you can bet on nowadays, but he is seven to one to win a major at any time in his life point. He is 25 to one to win the masters and he's 10 to one to become the number one ranked golfer before 2040. So before the age of 31 for Charlie, that parlay, if you parlay those three bets, which basically means you combine them onto one ticket and you are expecting, or you only get paid if all three of those come true. If you put down $1,000, you're going to win $1,749,000. I honestly don't think that's that bad of a bet. I'm not doing that bet. If I had $1,000 just kicking around, I might actually consider it. I think that those odds are insane. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I I you know, I only saw the brief clips of him playing and and he's still very young. What is he? 11? Something like that. Preteens. But, but he is good and he comes from a golf pedigree like what we've never seen before. I think it's a solid bet. Would I put a grand on it right now? Eh, maybe not. Maybe a hundred bucks. Maybe if you were in your parents' basement. If I, <laughs> <laughs> if I was in my parents' basement and actually had a hundred bucks, uh, <laughs> maybe I'd bet on them. But uh, no, that's not happening. So let's just you know, it's not happening. But yeah, actually, speaking of a hundred bucks, this is this is a funny story that I just thought of. It's actually a scalper story. It's about hockey. Oh, I so, love this uh, one. Yeah, this is how I know it. It's just a hundred bucks. So this is a uh, what was it? Twenty eighteen. I, I, we went to school in Windsor, obviously. So on the border of Detroit, uh, so we'd go over to sports games when we could. And I went over to a lease Red Wings game with my buddy Liam and and Cheese, who was on the podcast last episode doing the World Junior Breakdown. And Cheese is a huge Elise fan, like you know. Just a diehard Leafs fan. Grew up GTA, loves the Leafs. I respect it. So uh, for anyone that doesn't know, they had the Joe Louis Arena before, which was right across the border. I'm talking like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. If there's no traffic, you're parked and you're inside the Joe. They moved it to Little Caesars Arena, which is actually further in Detroit. So to get there across the border takes a lot longer, especially with Detroit traffic and people crossing the border. It's a bit of a mess to get through the downtown core. So the, the prior season was the first season of Little Caesars Arena. I went to a Leafs game, maybe, maybe half full. Like they're having a hard time selling it. You know, Matthews was hurt for that game, but still. So, you know, uh, Tish, who is our buddy, Liam, I'm just going to call him Tish for the story. So Tish and I were of the same mind. Um, we're using this app called Game Time to get tickets. We have the same mind. We said, hey, cheese, calm down, relax. We're going to get over there. We're going to wait till the last minute. We'll buy some dirt cheap tickets. I'm talking lower bowl, like you're going to be the love in life. All right. So we cross over, like we go for drinks. Uh, we didn't really, ha- we didn't have data at the time because none of us had, wanted to pay for the, <laughs> for the, <fees. laughs> 
it was seven dollars yeah it was seven dollars but yeah obviously in my parents basement at the time when i wasn't at school so i wasn't paying seven bucks um so we all had about 120 american cash on us just in case we needed to you know buy tickets last minute or buy some food wherever we wanted to buy but we were going to buy game time tickets. So it keeps drawing closer and closer. And, you know, the tickets are actually going like, like selling like hotcakes and we're like, you know what shit cheese is like sweating like a pig. He's getting so nervous. Like he's sweating through his fucking Jersey. I can and picture like, can him. We just, yeah. He's like, can we just buy these tickets? Can we just buy these tickets? So we're like, no, 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 no. We'll just wait. She's like, you know, trust us. Just wait. Well, what happens? The game sells out. There's like two, two tickets being sold on there then they're just like those idiots that put them on there for like 1200 just to see if yeah. it actually makes a bid or whatever we can even make a bid actually surprise so cheese actually, didn't buy those yeah <laughs> so we we go into like the little caesar's bar that you can enter and just like eat food and we're so demoralized like i thought cheddar was gonna fucking start crying and we, we're sitting there and you know tish great lively spirited dudes like you know what let me try and like go out in there and see because you know there's scalpers um so he goes out he hunts down some scout. He's he's gone for probably a half hour. Like we didn't know if he got kidnapped in Detroit or what that was going on. And he comes back. The game has just started. And he is so fucking excited. He's like he's red cheeked and he's like yelling. He's like boys, like I fucking did it. I got his tickets. I got his tickets. And we gave him all our money, so we gave him like probably like 120 bucks, 100 bucks at least US to get some tickets. Um, you know, modern day conversion, what 133 bucks Canadian? Like come on, if you invested that on that bet with Charlie Woods, you could be making some cash. <laughs> And so we're like, we're fucking over the moon. And there's these people that also didn't get tickets in the bar. And we're like, you know, the boys are puffing their chest out, kind of walking through like, how are you? Like we got tickets, like suck it. We get up to the ticket thing, give the tickets over. She looks down. She's like, uh, these aren't tickets for the game. I talk about these aren't tickets for the game. So he gives them back. We look for last week's game against Colorado Avalanche. So Tish was so excited that he gave the money to this guy, took the tickets, didn't even look at the tickets. The guy fucking took, like just made off like a bandit. And what we a scumbag move. Oh yeah. But people oh. are just, it was hilarious. And she's like, oh my God. I, at the time I was kind of like, whoa, I was, <laughs> I was shook myself. I wasn't pissed, but I was shook. Chatter was just heartbroken. We end up getting uh, Lorcan, our buddy, to come across the border, him and his brother and pick us up because we were stranded because we would have to wait for the shuttle bus. And he we took my to, car. Yeah, he took your car. He, he took, took my car, car for that. <laughs> yeah, he took your car. My Ford Focus. <laughs> and then we went back to your place. We got absolutely bombed. Got Ched like hardly able to walk and went out to the bar. <laughs> and that was our night. <laughs> and then Ched bought forty-seven tequila shots, three bottles of Grey Goose, and fell, fell over himself seventeen times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then passed oh. out in uh, Pizza Pizza. <laughs> oh, classic night. Classic. Man, that's night. such a. It's such a sad story. It breaks my heart every time I hear it. Just because I'm thinking about cheese right now, just how devastated that guy would have been. Just I walking know. up, uh, these, these tickets aren't for the game. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yes, they, like, quit playing. Let us in. The game start. Like, I hear O Canada right now. Let's go. And Dude, he I was mean, so no. mad at me for like, I, like obviously, I think most of the blame lay with Tish, and he and Tish knew that. And you know, Tish made you know, would make it up to us, right? whatever. Like, it wasn't a big deal. Everyone makes mistakes, and he was just excited. Everybody but, has those days. Everyone, everyone has those days, um, but no, he was, he was, he was shaking to his fucking core on that one. He was shaking his core on that one. It was sad though. I never got to actually see an NBA game in uh, in Detroit. And speaking of the NBA, I saw two. A question. You saw two, but there was a question I wanted to ask that's been on my mind. He had a good night last night, but do you think Zion's a bust? 
I do not think he's a bust. So I've, I saw this uh, note here a little bit, and I thought about it over the past couple of days. I don't think he's a bust. I think he might just be overhyped. Um, okay. I don't know how – I don't think he's going to be the best player in the NBA at any point in his career. I don't personally expect him to win an MVP trophy. I think maybe he'll get named to some all-star teams. Okay. I think that's something that he's definitely – able to accomplish and i think it's within his realm of ability and i think also his essentially media presence is going to help with that as well yeah um a bust no i don't think so overhyped yes i definitely okay. do think so what do you think Yeah, because yeah I, I i'm in the same mind there he had a didn't have a great game point and like it was hard last season when he's injured but even just watching him in the first two games of the season he had a really good performance last night at 32 points 14 boards only one assist but uh and he shot 11 for 20 field goal. He's getting better. You know, I think we'd give him time. But, yeah, I think if he was going to be that number one player in the league, we would have seen it by now. He would have been uh, – everyone would be talking about it. He'd be dominating out of the gate like LeBron. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's still a small sample size, right? He's played, what, under 30 career games. So there's still definitely room for him to grow into – basically where the hype train is at right now for him, which is an MVP caliber player, but I, I don't see it right now. I think he's almost too big for his body. Like the guy yeah. is, he is massive, an absolute freight train of a human being. Yeah. And I think that's going to really wear on him as his career and his age progresses. I don't think you're going to see him playing into his mid to late thirties at a very high level. Like we're seeing right now with guys like you look at LeBron James, he's getting up there for sure. Yeah. He's, in the better half of his thirties now. And even Kevin Durant, like guys like that, those tiers of players are getting older and I don't think he's going to be able to maintain his level of playing. Even his style of play is just so physical and brash. I don't, I don't think he can do it for his entire career. Yeah, no, I agree. He can, uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to drive him to a championship, but you know, I do enjoy watching him, but speaking of drivers, I uh, kind of want to go on a little bit of a rant. I've been driving a lot to appointments down in the gta and where are you driving least, what car um my stepmom's car uh living in the parents basement obviously can't afford a car thanks for reminding <laughs> me for the what fifth time during the pod i mean sorry ladies who are listening to this i'm a loser <laughs> yeah, it's a lime green kia soul uh <laughs> the horn it's got my instagram sticker like a... on the back <laughs> <laughs> follow me at Braden hind <laughs> oh man but i just don't get it man i don't get it how people are so dumb on the roads. And I'm, I'm talking like clean roads. I'm not even talking the snowy conditions because they get worse with that. And some of that's justified. Like I'm going down. I'm not going to say how fast I was going because I don't know if it's incriminating, right? <laughs> 100 kilometers an hour on the 401. <laughs> yeah, but but for anyone listening, okay, if you don't already know this, the left lane is the fast lane. I don't care. Unless you're in Europe. How, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, even in Europe, except for England, right? Actually, no, even England. It's just because they're on the other side of the road. I'm sure it's still fast. Yeah, like the the outside lane. Yeah, or is it inside? Yeah. Inside, outside. You know what? Don't get me off track here. Right? We're talking <laughs> about good old Canadian roads. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I'm driving down there, and there's a spot between Waterloo and the GTA on the 401 where you can fly. All right, it's the it's, autobahn, literally. Yeah, you're and you're supposed to make up time because there's congestion on other parts of the highway. So if you're in this left lane, you're down in you know, four lanes of the highway, three, four lanes of the highway, depending on what part you're at. Get out of the lane if someone wants to pass you. Okay, mm -hmm. just move. I was, I like, 
and sometimes I lose my temper a little bit. I, I ride someone, I get the high beams flash and I'm swerving around the road and I end up passing them and I give them that look. And you know what, you know, what's good to do during COVID. If you get pissed off at a driver, don't give them the finger. You just yeah, go up beside him and you give him a thumbs up. You give him a nice big <laughs> thumbs up. It almost, it almost sticks it to him a bit better than a finger, right? Cause fingers like they can shrug off like, Oh, what a dick. Yeah. It's like this guy just gave me the thumbs up. Cause I'm that bad of a fucking driver. <laughs> you know what I love to do? I love to blow somebody a kiss when they give me like the oh. middle finger, like a thumbs up, just like a little reaction. Just like you've bothered me so little. I'm just going to blow you a kiss right now. Have a nice day. You know, <laughs> little smooch. And, and truckers, man, they've been pissing me off too on the roads. And I, oh. I, know not, I know it's not an easy job. I know it's not an easy job, like long hours. And, but just, you know, don't be a dickhead to me just because I'm trying to drive like a, like a normal person on the road and you're a truck and you have to go slower. Like just stop. So trucks... I got a couple stats here. Trucks in Canada are governed at 105 kilometers an hour. We're talking about 18 wheelers, yeah. like those guys hauling trucks or hauling uh, freight for 13 hours a day. Yeah, absolutely a tough job, but you know, there's a lot of other tough jobs out there where people are still able to be respectful of others around them. Uh, the one thing that really grinds my gears when you're driving on the 401 between Windsor and London, it's two lanes, and uh, I hate it when like you're going. I set my cruise to 118, typically in a 100 yeah. kilometer smart hour for zone. That strip. Smart for that strip. Yeah, tons of cops in like Chatham yeah. area. Yeah. But yeah, I set my cruise to 118 and I'm just typically in the left lane passing trucks, right? Because they're going 105. Mm-hmm. I hate it when I'm like a couple hundred meters from a truck and there's nobody else in front of me or behind me, like nobody else around on the road other than myself and two trucks. And the one truck will pull into the left into oh. the left lane and take approximately twelve minutes to like cruise yeah. past this other truck, and he's literally gaining like an inch a second. Oh, and it is insane! It it oh, got me. Boils my blood. Dude, it used to piss me off whenever I went back to school. When I was driving back to school. Like it, it pissed me off. And like the thing is, you can't be a dickhead to these to these truck drivers, especially on two lane highway, because they'll box you in. They talk to each other. They'll exactly, box you in and you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're literally pooched because if if I honk at this guy, he's just gonna stay going the exact same speed. He's in no rush. He'll stay there all fucking day. So that's why when I get past him, I give him a little honk or a little wave or blow him a kiss or something. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get past him because you're so low, especially in the car you got now. Got rid of the truck. You you almost have to like bend over to the passenger and then wave up to him. (laughs) Yeah, I just I uh, tie the steering wheel with a skipping rope to the gear shift. And I just put a brick on the gas pedal and I hop out the window actually about halfway and I just blow the kiss to the truck a little, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck. We've, we've had, it's just been a good one actually, because we've kind of been all over the place and I'm glad we got that rant out because I'm glad you feel the same way because a lot of the time it's infuriating if I'm alone in my thoughts. But last thing I want to ask, I spend a lot of time in the car of late. Uh, I like listening to podcasts and I hope someone's listening to this podcast in the car right now. Shout out you who that is. Um, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> love the shout outs too. Um, what music you listen to these days? Dude, the baby. I am. Yeah. So I go through music genres. Like I go through, I don't know, something that people go through a lot of, maybe toilet paper. I go I'm through music genres. Like I go I'm through toilet paper. We're, well, I'm a respectful we're, we're guy. So on this podcast, so. Yeah, we are very respectful. That's not something we do, uh, but we do use a lot of toilet paper. So I go through music genres like I go through toilet paper. Uh, right now, <laughs> right now, <laughs> I'm on a bit of a rap train. So I've been absolutely loving the baby. Uh, he's from Charlotte, North Carolina. 
and his music. He's just a, a very unique voice, and I think his flow is incredible. And I, I'll literally play like Dub Baby Essentials for like an hour on a drive. I, pu- I bump him when I'm like in the shower, like just fire music. His song, yeah, Levitating with Dua Lipa. I mean, Dua Lipa is my celebrity crush, so that's yeah, she's gorgeous. Love her, great voice too. Actually, Levitating like, is a fire little baby, song. little baby. Yeah, okay. A lot, a lot of baby action going around here. He's been, dude. I've been bumping him in the car. Like he, he's sick. He is sick. I'm actually gonna pull up. I like so I like pretty much every genre of music except for screamo. So it kind of depends on my mood. Sometimes I'm just bumping like rap in the car, like trap music, kind of in a mood. Um, so little baby, I, I'm liking a lot of pop smoke. Jack Harlow slaps the song. So way good. Out. Song so good. way out for featuring Big Sean. You hear that one? No, I haven't. I like his song Tyler right. Harrell. It's better than Tyler Harrell, in my opinion. Way up. Jeez. All right, send um, it to me. Yeah, I'll send Spotify it to you. only. Okay, I'll send it to you on Spotify. Um, <laughs> Braden's the type like, of guy that you're the type ahead, of guy that lives in your parents' basement, but has Spotify and Apple Music. <laughs> I do. I can confirm that is true. <laughs> okay. Okay. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. It's a family okay. plan, though. Both of them. <laughs> no, no, it's not even a family plan. That's the problem. Hey, I, my buddy is. He's telling me. He's like, "Hey, did you get that?" Because I had Apple Music the first half of the year, and then I switched to Spotify because it's better for finding music. I find because I gone yep. back and forth a few times, and he he's like, "Hey, did you get the Apple Music replay?" And I was like, "No, how do you get that?" He goes, "You go to like this Apple Music slash replay, whatever whatever it is, and it has all these playlists, even like a 2015 playlist. You can just pull them all up, so it's like throwback jams." Like, and I was like, "Okay, oh, man." So I opened my Apple Music, and it's like three months for nine ninety nine, and I was like, "Okay, that's worth it. Come on, you know, yeah. three months nine ninety nine. So I did that and then I got my student Spotify going. So, you know, it's not as bad as 20 bucks a month. So (laughs) I was doing it for a little bit. So my ex used uh, Apple music and I live by Spotify. Spotify is far superior for any of you that still use Apple music. For finding music, it's far better. Yeah. And it just, I like the aesthetic of it better too. Um, Mm -hmm. It seems more organized. Yeah. Just essentially like what you said, finding music, it's way better, but yeah. My ex had Apple Music, so I for a couple months there, I was going Apple Music and Spotify as well. Such a waste of money. Yeah, that's kind of like, you know, fear of mine. I started, you know, chatting with this girl a little while ago, and I found out that she's an Apple Music user. And, you know, I'm basically on Spotify. I kind of just use Apple Music for those throwback playlists. So it could be a problem. It could be what uh, ruins it, you know. I mean, at least it means she doesn't have an Android though, because that'd be that'd be far worse. If you send a text and it's the green bubbles, like you know, I'm get, I get those green bubbles back. Like chances are, I'm I'm not responding to your text. No, I'm deleting the text quite <laughs> literally. Get off my screen. My mom actually has a, she's got a Samsung, which is in the Android family. I think oh, I don't know much about Androids. Don't care. You didn't you didn't treat her for Christmas, eh? Uh, it's a work phone, so it's it's free. Okay. But you okay? That's you, regardless. You couldn't pay me to use an Android. But yeah, I actually talked to her on Facebook Messenger because I refused to see those green bubbles. Yeah, yeah, they use a lot of WhatsApp in Europe. That's what I actually use to talk to all my friends. Yeah, it's huge. A lot of them have Androids. I hate WhatsApp. It's so ugly. I hate WhatsApp too. It's just it's mess. crazy how huge it is everywhere but yeah. North America. Oh yeah, India is huge and Europe. It's just yeah. it's massive. I, I don't know about Asia, but I, I'd, I'd imagine well, India is obviously technically there, but I don't know about the rest of Asia. Well, in China, it's probably blocked. It's, I think Government's it's probably in not. China, and, and, and they might. I don't know if they uh, monitor that. I'm not going to go on a limit. 100%. Payment. 
<laughs> I'm going to claim it. Yeah, don't quote me, but put it on a T-shirt. I'm going to quote you. <laughs> <laughs> I may have been the best quote of the podcast. Don't quote me, put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, we should put it on a T-shirt. But uh, anything else you want to throw in there? That's a great question. I think I'm basically caught up for the past couple of days. I just want to wish everyone, uh, hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. We're going to be dropping this on the 27th, so a little bit later. We're Tuesday, Friday releases, but that's going to be going out on uh, Sunday just due to the holidays. Hope everybody got what they wanted under the tree. and uh, Or if you're celebrating other you know, kind of holidays, you just had a good holiday with your, your close family or staff. And yeah, what about you? Yeah, I want to say Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, you know, happy Boxing Day. I heard that's a thing to actually wish that to people. Kind of weird, but uh, happy Kwanzaa as well to people. And uh, happy belated Hanukkah. Kind of roll out all of the holidays there. I love it. All right, all right buddy. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And, good talking uh, to we'll you. We'll see you in the next one. Yeah, I'll see you yes, in the next sir. one. Yes, sir.